Welcome to episode 158 of the Twim Show. This is your host Sajid Islam and today I'll be going over the notable news and updates from the digital marketing space from the week of April 24th through 28, 2023. Okay, so this is that time of the quarter or that time of the year when I get the opportunity to talk about um, revenues and earnings uh, statement from all the publicly available uh, platform. So in the past, Twitter used to be in this group, but now that Twitter has been acquired by Elon Musk, it's a private company, they don't report their quarterly earnings. Nevertheless, TikTok, nevertheless, in this episode, we're gonna cover the earnings report from Snapchat, Pinterest, Google, Microsoft, and who else did I miss? Uh, I'm sure there's a fifth one, um, but when it shows up, I will talk about it. But for now, let's dive into Snapchat's results. Snapchat in Q1 2023 added 8 million um, you know users bringing them uh, bringing it to uh, daily active users of 383 million and even though that might sound like a lot of number and it is uh, hold that thought until we go to Facebook and you will kind of see you know why even though it's a quite an accomplishment uh, it's looks so minor so little in terms of facebook but then again you know facebook is a bigger platform anyway coming back uh snapchat has earned about 989 million for the quarter uh, which is not a whole lot uh but again you know they kind of uh are attributing it to on the slow economy and things like that. What's interesting to see is that their revenue, their growth is essentially flat in the US and EU, which is their most lucrative market, not just for Snapchat. I think that goes for other platforms as well. Uh, however, they're growing uh, quite a bit in India, which is in the rest of the world category. Now, India does have billion plus population. But, you know, they don't buy, spend a whole lot of money on the app yet. So hopefully someday uh, that's going to cross over uh, whether they are going to move. A lot of those people are going to migrate to like European Western countries or their India is going to open up. Indian users are going to open up their wallet and buy, make purchases on Snapchat. But that remains to be seen. For now, the result is what it is. Uh, let's dive into the next results, uh, which is from Pinterest. Now, Pinterest uh, is doing a little bit better than Snapchat because they have added 13 million more users and their total daily active users is now stands to about 463. So that was Snap, uh, Snapchat was 389, Pinterest is 463. So that's a little bit better. On the revenue front, they earned 600 million. Uh, again, Snapchat earned a lot more, I guess. Let me look at the Snapchat number if I go back. Yeah, Snapchat did 989. Pinterest, even though there's a lot of users, but they only did 600 million, 603 million. Nevertheless, uh, that's a 28 million increase if I compare to Q1 2022 to Q1 2023. In Q1 2022, they earned 575 million. Uh, and Q1 2023, they earned 603 million. Now, you know, you could say, Sajid, why are you t t covering all this is because, you know, again, like I've said in the past is like, this is where, you know, if you're a business owner and listening to the show, you want to start thinking, okay, what can I do differently? Where can I deploy my marketing budget or, you know, my paid media campaigns or the uh, in tap into demand capture that I'm not doing right now? In fact, this week, I happened to talk to 
uh, owner of a business who makes a lot of money through ads in Snapchat because, sorry, Pinterest, only because they run ads, the cost of clicks on Pinterest are low, and from there, you know, they convert, bring those people over from Pinterest into the Etsy store, and then they sell, conduct the transactions, right? Now, it's in a very artsy, art-based category, Again, it's not. I'm not saying go ahead and everybody should uh, deploy their ad assets, uh, ad budget into Pinterest. But I'm just giving you ideas because you are listening to the show. You want to know, hey, what can I do differently? When everybody's zigging, can I zag? And where is it I'm gonna zag? And that's the reason why I like to cover this um, earnings report because you get to see, okay, which are the platforms that are under, you know underused, where do I get the best cost per click? Where can I experiment this 80-20 where I take 20% of my marketing budget and where can I deploy it and see what results do I get? Now, also talking about Pinterest, Pinterest has made a partnership with Amazon this week where ad, uh, eligible or uh, Amazon advider, advertisers can expand their campaigns to Pinterest. So it's just going to be automatic where I think they're going to have this partnership where Amazon ads can now show up on Pinterest and then thereby, you know, when they see the Amazon Amazon ad, they're going to be able to like, you know, go back to Amazon, complete the purchase. Also look at all the options of retargeting. Like, you know, if you're a Pinterest user, identify that you go to Amazon, you come back, you can do a lot of retargeting. And now again, they haven't made that announcement. Uh, they haven't shared that announcement. They haven't shared those details, but I'm just thinking ahead and say, oh, what are the opportunities, right? Again, Pinterest is going to become a bigger platform. So maybe if you're in the e-com space uh, and you are tired of Instagram, Facebook, or maybe even TikTok, maybe, or YouTube, maybe you want to start looking at Pinterest. Okay. With that, let's go to my uh, Meta, which is uh, my our least favorite platform, formerly known as Facebook slash Instagram. Meta revenue has increased by four percent in Q1 2023, uh, in comparison to Q1 2022. Basically, they're advertising they earned about twenty eight billion dollars in twenty three, Q1 23, uh, and sorry. I totally misread. I apologize. Uh, in Q1 2023, they read, they earned $28.1 billion, which is a 4.1% higher than the same period, uh, in Q, which is Q1 2022. In Q1 2022, for reference sake, they earned $27 billion. So that's roughly... Um, what uh, 1.1 billion okay and you know their daily active users have gone up to 2 billion with a b so as you can see where you know pinterest is 463 million and uh, facebook slash facebook has about 2 billion so that's a huge number obviously there are a lot more advertisers and there are a lot more people so there is a supply and demand there is a lot of activity but having said that, you don't want to go where all the pop, all the people are there, where it's you know over the inventory is less. It's just beating. By the way, talking about inventory, uh, let me finish this thought, and then I will talk about talking about inventory. So you don't want to play around, uh, and you know you wanna you don't want to go to fish at a place spot where you know there are fifty other fishermen. Right, there's a lot more competition. It might be there are more fish, but maybe you want to go to a different spot where there's five fishermen. 
maybe a little less volume of fishes, but you still have higher chances of winning. It's just about probability, right? Now, talking about ad inventory and everything, like, you know, this week was also a week where Facebook's uh, AI system went haywire and people spent hundreds and thousands of dollars. I mean, I would just say, let me say that, not hundreds and thousands, some accounts did spend overspend in a day hundreds of thousands of dollars, the big accounts. But other accounts, you know, is just like overspend. I've seen reports on Facebook where people are complaining, like, you know, they've, they, the Meta has admitted that, you know, there was this error bug in the system where starting Sunday morning, like around 2 in the morning, it the system went crazy and it overspend, which, you know, conveniently Sunday when everybody's at home, nobody's at work, and their cost per click, cost per acquisition went crazy right and facebook came meta came out and said hey, yeah we know we're gonna refund you and a lot of people got their credit card uh went over the limit uh transaction got declined people are in the limbo phase things like that so why i bring it up is to explain to you that you know there are things wrong, inherently wrong with meta number one is charging overspending overcharging going across the thresholds you going against the thresholds that you have set uh, or crossing over the thresholds that you have set and overspending meta comes out on monday and they say admit oh yeah there was a wrong, something wrong with your system number two number three is now people are struggling and people are crying to get their money back and people have escalated their cases they've contacted the customer support more than uh, six times and they're getting the run around even while they're over their credit limit they got dinged by the credit card company it's just a big mess right and if meta was just a baby company like came out yesterday if it was tiktok i could totally understand they're just young one to two years in operation but meta has been around for a while Right, it's a billion-dollar public company, so I do not give them uh, any reason to mess up like this way and basically drop the ball when it comes to refunds and taking care of their uh, money making, which is uh, the advertisers. Right, uh, I hold them to a higher standard, and at this time they are just dropping the ball again and again. So I just want you to uh, be aware what's happening in Meta, whether you spend choose to spend money on Meta or not, or whether you pull your budget into something else differently, try it out, it's up to you. But that's the fiasco that happened this week, and it's like totally um, crazy. Okay, now let's go to Microsoft. Microsoft search and advertising revenue. Well, before I go into this, I just want you to know that Microsoft is a big company. They have enterprise, they have government, they have cloud, lots of other moving parts. They also own LinkedIn. So I'm just going to cover the ad, uh, revenue portion from search and ads because that's what I care about. That's what you should be caring about because if you're listening to this show, you don't want to know how many uh, licenses they sell, sold for Windows, uh, Office 365, or what contracts or who they have as a cloud customers, right? Um, that's something you can catch up later on on your own. So their revenue increased 3.4% to just over $3 billion with a B. Uh, and, you know, they're saying that's primarily because of the company they acquired, Xander, from AT&T. Uh, LinkedIn revenue is up 7%, and it's mostly during uh, due to the Talent Solutions product. So what this basically means is more and more recruiters are using LinkedIn, not so much in the LinkedIn ads. Uh, again, LinkedIn ads has been a hit or a miss. I mean, I'm part of some of the uh, groups uh, for CMOs and marketeers. These are paid groups, by the way. 
uh, and uh, what they're talking about is like you know they have like mixed results with LinkedIn ads. I'm not saying do not spend money on LinkedIn to each his own. Your mileage will vary, so you need to try it out, test it out to see you know if you are gonna get the results or not. Because you know everyone's market is different, everyone's company is different, everyone is gonna use a different ad- advertiser, things like that. So you're gonna get different um, and results. Now, that's all you need to know for Microsoft. Uh, Three billion. I'm not. It's a yeah. It's a hundred million dollars uh, increase than last year. So obviously, I think if, as you can see, the slow the the slowness in ad spending is kind of affecting all the platforms across the board. And you, I'm going to soon cover the Google ad results and you're going to see the same with Google where they didn't really make a whole lot of money. I think it's just the macroeconomic conditions, which is, um, you know, the war, the economy, the inflation, the potential of a recession, the banking crisis is just all mixed back. So things are slowing down. Uh, nevertheless, um, I would say you should not spend, slow down or stop marketing spend. You should continue to spend only because uh, it's marketing that increases your awareness. It's marketing that increases your, you know, probability of getting more customers. Now, having said that, you know, this week I also kind of read uh, a thing from a CFO daily from Fortune and where McDonald's is saying they're going to double down on marketing because they say marketing is a growth center. Uh, it's not a cost center. What that means is like they think, you know, uh, marketing, if they put $1 in, they get $2 back. So they're going to double down on marketing because that's what's making McDonald's McDonald's. Okay, with that, the last revenue report I have is from Google. Google search revenue slightly up, about 2%, while YouTube revenue is down uh, about 3%, okay? Uh, That's what it matters. So search is still going strong because they earned about $54.55 billion in revenue. Uh, It's still about uh, a little bit, about 100 and $13 million less than Q1 2022. Uh, And, uh, oh, sorry. Man, I need to, I think, create my show notes better so that I don't keep messing up the numbers. Okay, in Q1 2022, they earned a total of 54.55 billion in revenue. Obviously, it's less than uh, what they earned in Q1 2022, which now, with search, they made $40 billion. So as you can see, Alphabet, a.k.a. Google, still makes up a big chunk of the revenue from search ads, uh, which is a 2% gain. YouTube, they earn about $6.6 billion, right? It's still, uh, and they made some money from Google Advertising Network. So altogether, it comes to $54 billion. Uh, You know, YouTube revenues are down by about 3%. Google search has gone up by 2%. Now, this is interesting because, you know, last December is when ChatGPT, you know, grabbed the world by, you know, there was a ChatGPT storm and everyone jumped into ChatGPT. Nevertheless, I think advertisers are still seeing the value in search ads and they're putting money into search ads, which basically means that you too should be in search ads. Hey, if you're not in search ads, you are just basically losing opportunity. Why I say that is because if someone's searching for you or a product or service that you provide and you are not showing up, guess what? Your competitor is showing up and they're taking away the customer. It's like it's like standing by the side of a, of your grocery store and someone says, hey, do you have this milk? Your competitor is saying, yeah, here is the milk, take it. 
and they're getting a sale and you are not showing up because you're saying, you know, but our search is bad. Let's just go into social media and let's just post it there. Uh, so I highly recommend having a, one portion of your thing into search ads and kind of figuring out uh, what's really happening and also doing some market research, sentiment analysis, like you know, how many people are learning about you, searching about you, things like that, depending on obviously the size of your company and what is the marketing strategy because you need to have an overall overarching uh, marketing strategy so that ties back into your revenue goal and to how do you tap into that and figure things out. Okay. Uh, other than that, nothing else. Uh, let's move on to the regular updates. <clears throat> Bing Webmaster Tools, uh, it's going to now show chat impressions and clicks, which basically means uh, Bing has a Webmaster Tool similar to Google Analytics, and now they're going to show uh, data that you know people have crossed over from Bing Chat, which is powered by generative AI, aka ChatGPT, uh, and they're going to show it. So you can actually see, you know, how people are finding and coming to your website. And that is important because if you see a lot of traffic coming from ChatGPT, maybe you need to start sending more. Uh, I do not know how you can send it, but I'm sure they will figure it out. Uh, and when I do, uh, when they figure it out, they're going to share it with the world and I'm going to obviously learn and I'm going to come and share it with you. But as of right now, I do not know how. Uh, you can actually train the, train the model ChatGPT model to basically pick up some of the, your stuff. Uh, obviously, it has to do with having a good website presence, good SEO, structured metadata, things like that. But I'm just saying, uh, do not write away, write away organic and search ads yet, or SEO yet, search marketing, because trust me, whether it's ChatGPT or whatnot, the discovery segment is going to still be relevant. How will ChatGPT learn if you don't have a website or SEO friendly? ChatGPT comes to your site, it's going to crawl, or else what? You think ChatGPT is going to go into Facebook, which is a closed system and scrape the data, which I don't think is going to happen anymore because they got Facebook got into trouble uh, back in the last 2016 election, right? When Cam Cambridge Analytica uh, scraped the data. By the way, talking about Cambridge Analytica, there is a... Uh, a website from Facebook where you can actually go uh, and claim some money that Facebook has agreed to pay because of that uh, privacy violation. Okay, enough of that. Uh, let's move on to the next update, which is again, Google has decided uh, or has announced that they're going to be, they will allow us to keep the universal analytics historical data up until July 1st, 2024. Remember, July 1st, 2023 is when universal analytics stops processing data. Uh, that's when GA4 becomes the only analytics tool from Google. And you know, up until now, we were guessing, oh, Google will allow us six months, Google will allow eight months, or maybe a year, two years. But Google is saying, you know, after July 1st, we'll keep the data for a year, and then we will delete it, and you will no longer have access. So now, if you're not on GA4, you should get on GA4 today. Number two is you want to back up some of this data, uh, only because when you back it up, what's going to happen is you will be able to have some access to some historical data, and you'll be able to compare and see, you know, how did I do that? Like when I share the earnings report, I can say, Hey, last year this was the result, this year this is the result. Now, if you don't have it, it's not the end of the world, but I would definitely tell you it really makes a big difference if you're running any form of analysis, uh, if there's a drop in traffic, drop in revenue, is it a seasonal, is it like, you know, something changes on your website, it really helps. So, please, please, please go ahead and, you know, start 
the transition to GA4 if you haven't done it. And number two, what you need to do is start backing up some of the data. And if you need help, uh, we would like to raise our hand and say, hey, we can probably help you. Consider us and give us a you know message and let's talk and see if we can actually help you or not and if we are the right fit. With that, let's move on to the next update. Uh, Google is updating the dangerous ads policy. Uh, it gets... A, it kicks in on July 3rd. So again, if you are running ads by yourself, you want to compare, you want to make sure that you are abiding by the 28 or so uh, ad policies Google has. The dangerous uh, policy now covers ads for products which carry an imminent, proven, unresolved risk of death or grievous uh, bodily harm that have may have been the subject of a consumer advisory or product recalls. Now that's pretty vague and that's pretty broad and I think Google does this in, intentionally up until now, right now because they're still going through the product list. Nevertheless, there is this uh, enforcement policy, uh, the dangerous products and services policy page. Uh, if you read that through you will get some idea of what kind of stuff they don't allow. Uh, I think one of the things they will probably, I will see is the cool sculpting uh, machines uh, that has have had bad uh, press very recently. Uh, they, their ads are readily available on Google. Now, the good thing about Google is that you know, if you violate one of the policies, they're going to give you a notice, a warning, and they give you seven days to rectify it, and then they will ban your account if you don't rectify it. Now, having said that, you don't want like a, uh, a notice, a warning, you go fix it, then you violate another thing, you, and eventually Google is going to, this guy or gal or this advertiser is a repeat offender, they just cancel their account. And once they cancel your account, it's just good luck. You will probably have to find uh, another platform to spend money on. Okay, uh, in, along with that, Google also announced this week that Google Ads will no longer allow URLs as account names. You need to have real names, that's all. Uh, up until now, you could use, like for us, we could use marketandgrow.com as an account name. Google is gonna stop doing that. Why? They didn't share, but I think it's fine. I just wanted you to know that. Uh, the other thing is on YouTube ads, YouTube now allows you to put ads next to a popular music right? Uh, they're calling it a Zen Z music placement. Uh, and the similar thing is also on sh uh, shorts called trending music on shorts. So basically what happens is like, you know, you see it, there is a trending music uh, and you want to show up your, put your ad there if you want to target the Zen Z. Uh, so that way, you know, people can start making this connection. Oh, every time I this, uh, see, hear this song, I remember that ad. It's just something that YouTube has. Uh, it's great for some brands, especially if you are attracting Zen Z. I can see a lot of, uh, you know, e-com uh, stores jumping into this bandwagon. Uh, that's just my thought, but we'll see when it happens. Now, the other thing on the uh, SEO front, uh, what happened was, you know, Google's uh, Danny Sullivan came out and kind of clarified, like, and, and I believe we covered it as well, which is, you know, Google has removed page experience uh, from their ranking uh, systems page. Uh, and there was a lot of hula confusion as to why they removed it. Is page experience no longer matters, things like that. So Danny Sullivan came out and basically clarified, look, yeah, we removed it from our um, from a ranking uh, systems page, but it is still considered ranking signal uh, and page experience does matter. I know there is a confusion between system and signal and all those things. All I want you to say is that you still need to have a 
web page or a website uh, that has good page experience that answers um, you know the question or that Google still rewards content that provides good page experience and that have good exp- uh, good page. Okay, that hasn't gone away. It's just the way they have showed it that they've taken it down from the ranking pages because it's not a ranking algorithm. It's just something a signal that feeds into the ranking algorithm says, yeah, um, you know, this page should actually uh, bubble up a little bit higher than the other one just because this one has a better page experience. That's all I want you to take away from this. And the, I believe the last update, yeah, this is the last update of this week is that, you know, there was a question for John Miller. Hey, John, I have an e-commerce site. How many products should I put on my, you know, page? Like say if you have, you sell, uh, I don't know, um, men's uh, swimming shorts, right? So you say men's swimming shorts and you have 30, 30 different products. So the question was, can I put 30? Should I put 10? Should I put 20? Where, what's the ideal number that will help me get the maximum product exposure as well as also give me the b- best ranking uh, for all those products? So John Miller says, you know, look, it, there is no magic number. We don't care. All we care about is do we, uh, are your users getting better experience or not? So the key takeaway from here is that I don't want you to put like 20 different or more than 20 because I think 20 seems to be the good number rule of thumb because everywhere you go you see 20 I wouldn't want you to put like in you know, a 500 uh, products in one page it's just a bad page experience takes longer to load um, you know I know you can do a lot of lazy loading you can do uh, uh, pagination things like that pagination still works uh, but again you know if you remember one of the episodes we talked about if you use pagination you want to make sure the paginations are not JavaScript coded because when Google crawler comes to your website and if it cannot go to page two page three page four Google is going to stop in the uh, you know kind of you know indexing only the page one and then bounce off and go off to that other site or another page on your site. So you want to keep be aware of, cognizant of that. Um, but what John is saying, look, we don't have a specific number of items but uh, and focus on user experience. And in my opinion, you should have 20, maybe f- uh, have an option to have 50. Make sure it's, uh, you know, I guess bot friendly so that you know, the bot can kind of go to page two, page three, page four and scan everything. Make sure your product structure data, we have covered this in the past. Uh, if you're listening to our show, you know that product structure data is very, very important. Make sure you have return policy, uh, return structure data, which was covered, I think, last week or the week before last week. Check that out. Uh, with that, that's it for this week in marketing, folks. Thank you for listening. Until next week, take care. Bye-bye.